Morning, everyone. Good to see you all this morning on a wonderful, wet Welsh day. It makes me feel quite at home. I was feeling quite out of sorts with all this warm, mild weather we're having in Wales and no rain. But now I feel myself once again a true Welshman. Good to see you at home. At least you can see me. I hope you're having a great morning. Well, I'm pleased to announce we're starting a brand new series this morning, and it's the Christmas series with love. And as you know, we felt that, we, we felt that uh, God wanted us to do a series of teaching on love this, this year, and we started it off in January. It kind of got hijacked a little bit with COVID, uh, but we're certainly going to finish with love this year, this supreme, noble theme, God is love, and we're called to love him and love one another. And we'll be looking at uh, love through the eyes of Christmas. And so, I'm sure you've noticed, and it might be COVID, that Christmas has come a little earlier than usual this year. The trees are out, the shops are ready, people across the road from us have already put their Christmas lights on outside their house, and it's only mid-November, and I think that maybe people are needing a little bit of cheer and a little bit of the wonder that Christmas brings into our life after a challenging year. So I'm going to kick it off and we're going to be looking at um, the angel's visit to Mary. What a great place to start the Christmas series. So if you'd like to have a read of the scriptures with me, it's Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over, the, over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month. No word from, the, from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be, to me, me, may your word be fulfilled. They, then the angel left her. A couple of things I'd like to point out this morning from this absolutely magnificent passage of Scripture. The first thing is, it says that God sent an angel to Mary. In all of our lives, in all of his doings, in all of his longings for us, in all of the desires that he has for you, 
God takes the initiative. He doesn't wait for us. He makes the first move. In fact, there's a wonderful verse in Scripture that says, We love God because he first loved us. He's not waiting for us to make the first move. He doesn't look for us to say sorry before he reaches out with an invitation for his mercy, his forgiveness, his love, his purpose, his plan. It's called grace. And in this loving grace, which is called undeserved favor, that's what the word grace means, he comes to Mary, a nobody, an absolute nobody in the eyes of the world, a girl in a far-off country, in a tiny little town, next to the sea, Nazareth. Not a place like Rome, not a big cosmopolitan city, a humble town to a humble girl, a nobody in the eyes of the world, but a somebody to God who he had his eyes upon. And this is the way God works. He takes the initiative and he comes to nobodies. He comes to people like you and people like me. He comes to us. And he comes to us when really we think that we're not in with a shout, we're not in with a chance. Now the word Mary has three meanings. The first meaning it has in the original language, the Aramaic and Hebrew, is bitter. Mary means firstly bitter. And this is the nature of God. He, he comes to us in our bitterness and our pain because let's face it, Life isn't a bed of roses, is it? I've often said this, that life is always uphill. It just matters how steep it is at any given moment in time. There are some wonderful things in life. Life is a gift and a blessing from God. But amongst all of that, because of the fall and our selfishness and the way that we've messed up our own lives and let alone the world that we live in, there is much pain and much bitterness. And God comes to us through Jesus, taking the initiative, the Son of God, the Savior, to save us from the bitterness and the pain in life. What do I mean by that? Now, I don't mean that when it talks about God being a Savior, it means that he's going to rescue us from all of the difficult challenges in life. That's not going to happen. We will not be free from the bitterness of life, the challenges of life, until Jesus returns or we go to heaven. But when it talks about him coming to Mary in her bitterness, in her struggle in life, in your struggle in life, it means that we are rescued by the grace and the power of God from the devastating, destroying effects that bitterness can have upon your life and my life. Because bitterness can destroy us. Pain and difficulty in life can make us bitter. Wounds that we receive in life can cause us to have a hard life, that, a hard heart that we begin to wound others. Bitterness can become very destructive. But it doesn't have to be. Because God takes an initiative to come and rescue us. Not to cause us to be free from the challenges of life 
but we have the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that it doesn't have such a destructive blow to us in our relationships. We can be free in amongst the challenge and the difficulty. I remember, and forgive me if you've heard this story, but when Sarah and I were in a church in Hereford and we were youth pastors and church evangelists and it was our responsibility to plan the missions and the events, I remember walking down a road in Hereford thinking to myself, I'm not going to do door-to-door work in this mission. It was the very first mission we were planning in this church. I'm not going to do door-to-door work because it doesn't work. I'd done months and months of it and only ever got closed doors, no thank you, get lost. And in order to share Jesus, this wonderful love and grace of God that brings forgiveness and transformation, I found that people weren't so receptive when I was knocking on their door. But as I made this decision, immediately I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, clear as a bell, say, do door-to-door work. Oh, great. So I put it into the program, and it was the first thing that we did. And the first street we went to was the street next door to the school where we were meeting at that time in Hereford in a place called Tupsley. And I knocked on the door with another church member. And and interestingly enough, I think God was in it all, a Welshman answered the door, who became a good friend of Sarah and myself, a Welshman. And he was a, a plumber, and he'd moved from Wales, and now he was living in Hereford. And as I began to talk to him about Jesus, it transpired that three terrible things, three bitter things, three intolerable, painful, destructive things had happened in his life in a very short period of time. Firstly, he was a plumber and his business was going down the pan, literally, and he wasn't getting any work and he couldn't pay his bills and it was causing him immense stress and worry and concern. How is he going to pay for his family and care for his wife and this actually caused so much stress that he ended up having a heart attack and he was in hospital and whilst he was in hospital a tragic thing happened his wife was raped so he came out of hospital and all these three things these bitter horrible desperate things compounded upon him and we knocked on the door But we knocked on the door just after he'd come back from the woods because he went up to the woods because he couldn't cope with this bitter deal and he was going to commit suicide. And he took the rope, he took his dogs and he went up to the tree and his family were so concerned about him that his son got in his car and was going through the woods because he knew that's where he walked the dogs. And as he was on the tree tying up the rope, he could hear his son's throaty exhaust on the car. And he said, if I hang myself now, it's my son who's going to find me and I'm not going to let that happen. So I'm going to go home and later on that evening when I take the dogs out for their evening walk, I'll do it then. So that's what he decided to do. In between him coming down from the tree and going home and the evening walk for the dogs, we knocked on the door. And we began to share Christ's grace and Christ's love that can come to us in the greatest of bitterness, in the greatest of pain, and not remove it, but save us from it. And he said to me, if this is true, pray 
that I will get work this week and come back and visit me in a week's time and we'll have another discussion. So I said, okay, we'll do. And we prayed that God would give him work. We went there the following week and he said, the phone has not stopped ringing. And there, <laughs> i never forget this, in the living room, he kneeled with his wife who had known such bitterness in such an intense period of their life. And they received the one who comes to us in our pain, who takes the initiative, not to deliver us from all the hardship, but to save us in it. And they receive Christ. And before our very eyes, not only did I see a man and a woman receive Christ, salvation, forgiveness, mercy, but to receive healing in their hearts and they were saved not just from what they'd done wrong but they'd saved from what wrong had been done to them their hearts were healed and it was transformational and they became great friends of ours and now I'm looking forward to seeing them again in heaven because they're with the Lord they were an older couple God came to Mary bitterness and he comes to us. Now the word Mary has another meaning as well. It means rebelliousness. <laughs> Who would like to call their children Mary after this sermon? It means rebelliousness. But here it is. God, in his mercy and grace, comes to us first in our rebelliousness. Think of your own lives. How many of you were looking for God when he knocked on your door? I wasn't. In fact, I was an atheist when he knocked on my door. I was an atheist, and I was an evangelistic atheist. I would be converting my friends, or trying to, to atheism. Just like Paul, when he was going down the Damascus Road, persecuting the church, Jesus appeared to him in his rebellion. And the wonderful thing about the grace of God and the wonderful thing, like God sent an angel. He took the initiative with a message of good news, a message of rescue, a message of mercy, a message of hope, a message of salvation, a message of transformation. And he took the initiative. Even in our rebellion, even in our sin, whilst we were still sinners, this is how much God demonstrated his love. Whilst we were still sinners, God sent his son. And he does that for you. He has done that for many of you. And he will continue to do that for us and for you. In our darkest moments, in the moments when we've had enough, he'll come to you and he'll say, there's a better way. There is a better future. There is a better hope. My way for you. Now, the third thing that Mary has become to be known for now is probably the most popular thing, is highly favored. That's another meaning, but it's something that's evolved out of her encounter with God. And he came to give this nobody, this humble girl, who would have many struggles and bitter challenges and painful things in her life as a result of taking on this huge call of Jesus Christ. And remember, responding to the call of Jesus is a great privilege, but it is also can bring great challenge. But God is with us. 
And he came to her and said, Mary, you're highly favored. And this is what he says to you and me. He takes the initiative. Nobody's. People whose lives have been broken by bitterness and pain and sorrow sometimes. And all of us who are rebellious and think of God as a last resort. He comes to turn the tables on our lives in a good way and say, I am now going to bring you close to me and I am going to cause you to be highly favored in my sight by grace. And the Bible says that we are saved by grace. Now the word Jesus means savior. We are saved by Jesus through grace. Grace means undeserved favor. We are saved by Jesus, the savior that the angel announced to Mary would happen, by undeserved favor, by grace. Mary, I've come to let you know that you're not a, you may be a nobody in the eyes of the world, but you're a somebody to me, and I'm considering you highly favored. I want you to know, every single one of you, here and listening online, everyone, you may feel a nobody in the eyes of the world, but you're a somebody to God. You may be nowhere, but you can be somewhere with God. And you may feel... Not favored, but through Jesus, the Savior, he calls you to be highly favored in the eyes of God. Highly favored. In fact, we become the apple of his eye. And he comes to us by this message that the angel gave to Mary of a Savior. And when we receive it, he comes to us by the power of his Spirit and he works and transforms our lives and he declares us special. There you go. You're special. You're a treasure. You're his prize. You're favored. And we don't deserve it, but he draws us in and he declares it over us. And then what else does he do? He has this wonderful plan for us and it says that he shall become the king after his father David. And for thousands of years, the whole of the Israelite community were waiting for a Messiah, a new king, a new savior to come to the earth in line of David. And they were waiting thousands of years. And now the angel says to Mary, Mary, you're going to give birth to royalty because you're the line of David. And all of the hopes and dreams of the nation of Israel and all of the plans of God that had been planned and designed since before the foundation of the earth were going to come to pass. The Old Testament prophetic plan, a savior is given. The yearnings and the longings of God's people for thousands of years. And he's going to mobilize heaven's armies to bring it to pass. And first he mobilized an archangel to declare it. And here's the thing. The people had been waiting for thousands of years, but it came to pass suddenly and quickly. And that's the way God acts, you know. It can be as if we're waiting for God to do something a long time. You may have had a promise. God may have spoken to you weeks ago or years ago, and it hasn't happened yet, but you're sure that God spoke. But it hasn't happened and you're thinking, why? What's gone wrong? You're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. 
But the way God often works is that the waiting gives way to the suddenlies. And after a period of time, suddenly he will act and nothing will stop it from coming to pass. Rome built the road so the message could travel across the globe. A census was brought so she could be in the right place at the right time in Bethlehem because they had to go to their towns to register. And there was a prophetic voice that promised that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem, which is the town on the city of David. So he's been built in, his, in the royal, uh, birthed in the royal time. And all this happened really quickly. And what are you waiting for? For a long time. I want to encourage you. Don't give up hope. And don't give up prayer. And don't give up waiting. Because God can bring it to pass quickly. Jesus said to the disciples. Wait in Jerusalem. For the Holy Spirit. And it says in the book of Acts. They waited and waited and waited. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit came. But that promise. Was hundreds of years old. From the prophet Joel. So a long time come. But when it came. It came quickly and nothing could stop and everything accelerated quickly from that point on. And he'll mobilize heavens, armies, angels, circumstances, finances. He can bring somebody across the world to bring his purposes across to you. He can bring somebody across your path that you've never met before to bring his purposes. He can drop it out of the sky in a moment. Be patient. All good things Come to those who wait. And if necessary, in our waiting, when all hope is lost and all circumstances are against you and it's impossible for it to come to pass, like, how can this be? I'm a virgin. He will perform a miracle if necessary. When Mary says the situation is impossible, I'm a virgin. It wasn't a question of unbelief. It was a question of, okay, how are you going to do this then? It wasn't, how can this be? I'm a virgin. It was, okay, how can this be? I'm a virgin. How's it going to happen? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you'll call him Jesus Savior, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He will make it happen. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. The spirit of the miraculous, the spirit of the impossible, the spirit of the suddenly, the spirit of grace, the spirit of power. The spirit that creates nothing, something out of nothing. The spirit that can put the Son of God in a virgin's womb that will change the world. And that same spirit is for you, the same spirit is upon you, the same spirit is in you through faith in Christ. So never despair and never give up. And never let your heart be downcast. How can this be? It's been so long, it's impossible. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, overshadows you, moves around you and within you and produces life and the purposes of God come to pass. And finally... There's one other thing. All of this is from God. You see, he takes the initiative. He comes in our pain and our bitterness. He comes to our rebellious. He just crashes through all the boundaries and the obstacles and the questions that we put up. And he hurdles and crashes through them to reach out to us and take hold of us in love. That's what he does. But in the last 
portion of this marvelous account, we see that they're always at the end of the day. To God's divine initiative of grace, there's a human response that is called for. And Mary sums it up beautifully by these words. Okay then. Well, actually, that's an abbreviated form of let it be to me according to your word. Okay. It was the okay of faith. Okay, God. Despite my head spinning right now, I believe you. Okay. It's the okay of faith. To the promises and the purposes and the words and the scriptures and the desires and the longings of your life, despite your inadequacies and all the circumstances, can you still say before the presence of God and before his angels, okay, the okay of faith? Because that's really important. That's the first response. The okay of faith. Secondly, the okay of prayer. Let it be unto me according to your word. Praying in what God had said. Praying in his holy word, his divine word, his scripture. Praying in the Bible, his word for you. But praying in the word of the spirit for you as well. Praying it in, okay, let it be. It's a prayer, the most powerful prayer you can pray. Praying in the word of God. Because you pray in the word of God, you pray in the will of God. When you pray in the will of God, he hears you. When he hears you, you get what you pray for. That's what the Bible says. Okay, the okay of faith. Okay, the okay of prayer. And absolutely, most importantly, not just for now, in the moment of salvation in our first time, but every day of our lives, walking in the planet, it's the okay of surrender. Okay, I am your servant. I am your servant. I am your servant. I am yours, not mine, yours. Not what I want, what you want. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Not claiming my rights, but your right over me as God Almighty, King, Lord. Okay, Lord, I surrender. I'm yours. Let's do it. Okay, Lord, I'm praying in. Let it be according to your word. Okay, Lord, I believe you. Okay. Is there anything in your life today that you need to say the okay of faith, the okay of surrender, and the okay of praying in the purposes of God? Is there anything that you've said it in the past, but actually you need, you've dropped one of those okays? It might be the okay of surrender, or the okay of prayer, or it might be the okay of faith. You've dropped one of the okays, and you've just got to pick them up. Because it's every day we say okay to God. Every morning. Morning, Lord. Okay. Let's go. It's lunchtime. Okay, Lord. Last night. Okay. Every morning. Every moment. So as we pray now, just ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything that God has highlighted to you this morning through this talk? And say you're okay once again and get back on track with Jesus. Father, as we just wait a few moments, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to my heart, to every heart in this room, and to every heart 
listening online today and highlight anything or any things that you want us to respond to. And may we make Mary's response. Okay, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I'm your servant. I surrender. I believe. I'm just going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, I just pray now that you will again overshadow every person who's responding to you with their own okays. That you will move deeply in their spirit and their soul and bring a fresh life and the power and the salvation and the work of Jesus will be released in every single person again. And that all of your plans, desires, and good things, whether it's the general things of your word or things that have been whispered by the Holy Spirit, will germinate. And we pray for those particularly who are patiently waiting that they will not give up hope or lose heart. Patiently waiting. There are people who are patiently waiting and I just, want to, I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you, don't give up and don't lose heart. For I can make something happen in a week, what you have been waiting years for. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. But may we all continue to surrender with the surrender of faith and prayer and our lives as servants to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.